0: Hey, this is Mitch Rose. I'm the lead pastor of City Hills Church, and this is our podcast. Thanks for tuning in today. I hope this message encourages you, it inspires you, it challenges you to live your best life. Take a listen. Here's this week's message. Glad to have you. I am not, if you have your Bibles, we're in Matthew. Go ahead and flip to Matthew, the first chapter. Uh, you remember, anybody grew up in church doing sword, sword drills? You remember sword drills? Anybody do this? You ever do sword drills with anybody? No? Church full of heathens, huh? All right. So anyway, sword drills is where we would, you know, you'd just quickly, you know, it'd be a verse, it'd be, you know, Matthew 1 and then whoever could get there fastest and I don't know what you, what'd you call it? Bible what? Bible drill, yeah. Um, we went with sword drill because we were more spiritual than Bible drill, anyway. Um, Matthew, the first chapter. I hate waiting. Where's all my impatient people at? Where are you at? Oh, a church full of you. My God, keep your hands up. Dear Lord, leave today in an orderly fashion, all right, everybody? (laughs) Nobody cut anybody off, and yeah, we have ushers and team to help you get out of here and leave in an orderly fashion. I do not like waiting. The week between uh, 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 Kingdom Builders, which was last week, and by the way, because of your generosity in Kingdom Builders already, So far this year, we always report to you what you've done. If you're new to our church, once a year we give a vision offering above and beyond our tithing that goes to accelerate what we do in missions and what we do around our campus and expansion and next generation and all that kind of stuff. Already this year, because of your generosity, you've given over $160,000 to accelerate the vision of the house. Come on, to God be the glory for that. This year, we're going to be able to do so much because of your generosity. But anyway, the year between Kingdom Builders, which was last weekend, you can still give your Kingdom Builders offering till the end of the year. And Christmas is this, this week that I am waiting. Uh, I'm waiting for uh, eating. You know, you try to pregame. Anybody know what I mean? You got to, you know, you eat salads all week long because you know this is it. This is all the green stuff I'm going to get, you know, and and uh, no, no desserts this week because all the desserts come next week. Now, the week in between Christmas and New Year's, calories don't count. Anything goes. You can eat turkey for breakfast. Anything's possible uh, that week. But this week is sort of the waiting week. Where, where are all my people who shake presents to find out what Santa's got under the tree? for? Yeah, you are. You still are. Yeah, you are. How many of you, how many of you get uh, when your wife goes to bed? Look at me, man. And you get to those stockings and you're like, what is it that what is that in there? And you just stick your hand in there and think, oh, God, please, what is this? I don't like waiting. I don't like waiting. I don't like waiting in line. I don't like waiting for anything. I don't like waiting uh, at a restaurant. I don't like waiting for a gift to arrive. I don't like I'm impatient. I don't like waiting for Amazon. If you work for Amazon, uh, the Lord bless you during this season. But let's pick it up, you know. I paid for prime. I need y'all to get on, get on to the house and give me my stuff. And I don't like, I don't like, I don't wait well. And here's what I know about you it's probably true, it's true about me, and that is I really don't wait well on God. Uh, I am ready for God to move when I need Him to move. And the hardest seasons of my faith journey have been in the waiting, in the waiting. What do you do between the promise and the fulfillment? What do you do between the time when I think it should happen, when He told me He would heal, when He moved in my life and gave me direction, and the time that I really see the fulfillment? I want to talk to you today about waiting for Christmas. Matthew, the first chapter, verse 20. An angel of the Lord appeared to him, Joseph, in a dream, and said, Joseph, son of David... Do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus. That's just because we're in South Texas. This is Jesus. You're to give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. Verse 22, and all this took place to fulfill. What's this? All of this. Everybody say all of this. At some point in your look in my eyes, at some point in your life, you're gonna have to look back over your life and realize all of this was on purpose. There's gonna come a point in your life when you are mature enough in faith to go, I had to go through all of that. I had to live through that divorce. I had to be able to go through that difficult season. I had to bury them. It was part of God's plan for me to walk through that. That dream had to die. I had to lose that job. We had to move in that situation. I had to take this new career. We had to change that house. All of this is working together. How many of you are ready for an all of this kind of day? I can't wait for for when we get to heaven to be able to look back and go, all of this, all of this, verse 22... All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. This is what the Lord said through the prophet Isaiah, verse 23. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and you'll call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. One of the worst feelings in life is waiting. It's waiting on God. you ever felt like God is taking too long? I'm getting old. I need God to come on through. I have been single, all the single people just look straight at me, don't amen right now, but I've been single long enough, and I'm ready, ready, go ahead, I'm ready. We we, um, Brandy and I have been married 23, almost 24 years now, I know we look young, thank you for that. And um, But we got married when we were 10, and we've been married almost 24 years, In the first 10 and a half, almost 11 years of our marriage, we couldn't have kids. We actually had several miscarriages and dealt with, uh, infertility and we turned 30 and we were tired of waiting. And maybe you're in church today and you know the pain of infertility and 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 the waiting. I'm waiting on God. I'm waiting on God to come through. I'm waiting on why is God taking so long? Why why is he not listening to me? Why has he forgotten me? I'm I'm ready for healing. I've prayed for these migraines to go away. And I'm ready for healing. I've prayed for this disease to be over with. I, I'm I'm praying and waiting for my spouse to come to God. I'm I'm praying and waiting for a better job. I've been praying for, waiting for uh, a better job. I, I, I've been waiting for God to finally heal a hurting marriage. And maybe you're in church this Christmas season, thinking, "Is this the season God finally does it? We've been waiting so long." Maybe you're waiting for. Healing and deliverance from depression, you've dealt with it. anxiety and the darkness of the night comes over you like a dark cloud and you keep waiting for the cloud to lift and you've been waiting so long you start wondering does God really care? And is God really answering anyway? And is God even there and does He even hear my prayers? Would anybody, you don't have to say this is where I'm currently at, but have you ever been there? Would you just affirm and amen, I've been there, I've been there. I've been waiting, I've been waiting, and I've been waiting, I've been waiting, I've been waiting. And This is exactly what the people in the Old Testament, the people in the Bible are waiting for. They're, they're waiting for this promise, God is going to send a Savior, God is going to send Jesus, God is going to send a Messiah and the, the people of God have waited so long. As a matter of fact, they're promised in the beginning. The third chapter of the Bible, Genesis, Adam and Eve have sinned against God. They're ashamed. And in, verse, in, in chapter 3, there's this strange verse that, that God says He's going to send the seed of a woman that crushes the head of the serpent. It's the first prophecy about the Messiah. By the way, just a little insert here, the seed of a woman isn't even grammatically correct. It's the seed of a man that produces a child. But even then, God was saying, this is going to be a unique birth. This is going to be a virgin birth. And here it is, just three chapters into human history, and God is already promising. And then it's thousands of years later, and now we're 700 years before Jesus Christ is born. Seven Hundred years before the birth of Christ. In Isaiah 7 and verse 14. The Bible says. Therefore the Lord himself will give you a sign. That the virgin will conceive and give birth to a son. And call his name Emmanuel. This is what the angel tells Joseph 700 years later. This is what God tells Adam and Eve. 3,000 years beforehand. And yet they wait. Waiting. Waiting waiting on Christmas, waiting on breakthrough, waiting on healing, waiting on marriage, waiting on a resolution to this issue, waiting on things to finally come together, waiting on things to finally start working out in my life. And I don't understand why we wait so long. God promises this Savior, and the people are waiting 700 years before the next prophecy, before the next thing can happen. Do you ever feel like 700 years in your life? (laughs) Does it ever feel like I've been doing this for a long time? And there's this period of history that's not in the Bible. It's actually in between the intertestamental period, in between the Old Testament, the Old Testament ends, and the New Testament begins. There's 400 years of of darkness there, of silence there. And during this time, God doesn't speak at all. No prophecy. And honestly, that may be worse. It may be worse to just not get anything from God. I don't hear Him at all. I come to church. I'm I'm looking for an answer. I'm looking for a sign. I'm looking for a feeling. And it's just silence. Have you ever been there? There's nothing. It's not even the promise of of a Savior. It's not even the promise of... Of a miracle anymore. It's not even the, the, the idea. The, the, the prophecy of breakthrough. Now I'm just silent. And God where are you? And what are you doing? If you're taking notes. Write this in your notes. I didn't put it on the screen. But write it in your notes. Do not mistake the silence of God. For the absence of God. Say amen to that. Don't mistake the silence of God. For the absence of God. God is still working. 400 years of silence doesn't mean God wasn't working. 400 years doesn't mean God was absent. You may not see Him. You may not feel Him this Christmas. You may not hear God. You may feel alone. You may feel forgotten. You may feel abandoned. You may feel powerless. But write this down in your notes. This is your Christmas word. While you are waiting, God is working. Shout amen to that God. Working on my behalf. God's still doing something when I don't see God do anything. God is making a way when I don't see the way. God is working in my life when I don't see it. God is working. What's God doing while I'm waiting? He's working. He's working. He's working. While you're waiting, God is working. In this week, while you wait for the promise, God's Working in your life while you wait for the promise, God's working. There's this New Testament verse that gives us some context about God's timing. Galatians 4 and verse 5. Flip over there really quick. Galatians. Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. Acts. Romans. I'm going to help you with the other ones. Really? Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians. You ready for this? General Electric Power Company. Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians. You're welcome. Thank you, Bible scholar in the house today. Thank you for that. Y'all didn't didn't expect to come to Sunday school today. Galatians, the fourth chapter. Galatians 4. Everybody read this out loud. It's on the screen. Say this. Say, but... Stop. Underline that in your Bible. When the set time... Had fully come. God sent his son. Born of a woman. Born under the law. Verse 5. To redeem those under the law. That we might receive adoption. To sonship. By the way, I've already got my preaching calendar ready for all of 2024. I'm preaching through the whole book of Galatians. A series on law and grace. Not law and order. Different. (laughs) Law and grace. And. When the time... was put, put, put verse 4 back up. When the time was fully come. When the time was fully come. When the, when, when the, when the set time had fully come. When the set time had fully come. In Greek, it literally is paroma koronu. It literally means, that phrase means the full measure of time. In, in, in the CEV version, it says when the time was right. In the, in the English Standard Version, it said when the fullness of time had come. It literally is translated from Greek. And when the time was fully pregnant... Have you ever, all the women in the house, you know what it's like, we had a, 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 several dream teamers right now that are that are having babies, or almost having babies, are right at the end. You know that week 38, 39, 40, are y'all with me? The time has fully come. We have two miracle babies now, and I remember Brandy, I mean week 39, week 40, the time had fully come. Come on everybody, she was ready, I was ready to not have to hear how ready she was to have this baby. I mean, it's time, it's and listen, here's what you need to know God has a certain time. God has a set time. For centuries, God had promised to send a Savior, and God fulfilled His promise when the time was just. Right. There's a perfect moment in your life when God will come through. This is the good news of the Christmas season is while you're waiting, God is working and there will be a set time when God does what He said He will do in your life. Say amen to that. There's got to come a time that's fully come. Looking back, you're going to be able to see in your life, that's why God waited so long. If I'd have married that dummy, no telling what our kids would look like. Are you all with me on that? If I'd have married him, look at him now. Don't do that. Don't don't connect to him on Facebook because he's fat and bald and you don't want to see all that. But you start thinking, man, in the moment it was terrible. In the moment it was awful. In the moment I can't believe it. But when I look back, I realize it was just the right time. God came through just at the right time. Jesus came just at the right time. God's timing is always perfect. And just because He feels silent doesn't mean He isn't working. He's waiting on the right time. Would you say right time? Right time. God's going to move at the right time in your life. You're going to find that spouse at the right time in your life. God's going to open that door at the right time in your life. You will not get it. but I don't want it before the right time in my life. I want everything God wants for me when God's ready to move in my life. At the right time, God sends Jesus. Why? Why the right time? Well, can I teach you a little bit more Bible just for a moment? Good. I'm gonna do it anyway. Thank you, Aaron. Because <laughs> for 400 years of silence during the intertest, inter, te- inter- te- in between the two testaments, <laughs> five things happened. You ever heard of Alexander the Great? His mama just called him Alexander. <laughs> so did his wife. Anyway, Alexander, in 12 years, conquered the entire world. During the 400 years of silence, he conquers the entire world. When you conquer the whole world, by the way, they add great to your name. Why is it significant? Because for the first time in human history, the entire known world has a common language. And when Alexander uh, conquers the known world in 12 years, everybody in the known world speaks a little bit of Greek. Second thing that happens during this 400 years of silence is the Old Testament, because everybody is now speaking Greek because Alexander conquers the whole world, now the Old Testament is translated into Greek. So now everybody has access to the prophecy of a coming Messiah. Third thing that happens when nothing's happening is there's a new way of learning called the Socratic method. It's the first time in human history when people are encouraged to ask questions. Prior to this, everybody just accepted whatever they were told. This is the way it was. Now there's this new Socratic message that says, why don't you ask why? Why don't, we, why don't we look into the heavens and think, why does the earth work like this? Why did the planets work like that? Why does the sun work like it works? People are asking questions. While God seems silent and nothing is happening, here's what's happening. In 63 B.C., the Romans then defeat the Greeks. So now the Greeks had owned... The entire known world. Everybody speaks Greek and for the first time uh, in thousands of years. Now the Romans have conquered the Greeks and there's peace in the known world. And the Romans are this developed civilization that developed roads and highways, and they connected the entire Roman highway. Why is that significant? Because the fifth thing that happens when nothing is happening is the diaspora. The Jews are forbidden from living in Jerusalem. So because of these roads and because of these interconnected highways throughout the Roman uh, empire, now these Jews are moving all throughout the empire. Why is it the perfect time? Why was God waiting for humanity? Why was everything there? Because the first time in human history everybody could read the Bible in the language they they understood. Everybody could ask questions when God was sending an answer. The good news of a Savior could travel in a common language. And the roads and highways through Jewish people spread the entire Roman world to the Gentiles and beyond. Because while God was silent and while people were waiting, God was working behind the scenes for the right time. It's the right time that Jesus comes. It had to be that long. It had to, write this in your notes, it had to be like this. It had to be like this. We had to wait for the Greeks to conquer. We had to wait for highways. We had to wait for a common language. We had to wait for the Romans to take over. We had to wait for the diaspora. We had to wait. We had to wait. We have to wait. We had to wait. There's going to be some things in your life you look back on and trust God that it had to be that way. It had to be that way. While God's people are waiting, God is working. Come play. Keys. While God's people are waiting, God's working. Maybe you're in church this Christmas season feeling like you're in a holding pattern. I'm a nervous flyer. Anybody else nervous flyers? Yeah, God made me short for a reason. He likes me on the ground. Come on, somebody. He likes me down here. We were flying not long ago somewhere and the uh, Brandy wasn't with me. I was coming home, and the plane made an approach. I'm going to make a statement that it I don't mean this maybe I should't make it. Yeah I heard Brett, I'll say it. There were two women pilots, all so I'm gonna say so so we were flying so, wait, wait, wait. so we, were, we were making this approach I shouldn't have said it So we were making this approach. And, and we touched down, and then we went immediately. The moment the back wheels touch, she pulls up, and we go back. Have you, has this ever happened to you? You ever done this? I thought I was going to see Jesus. Y'all were going to get a new pastor that day. I was confident that was the end of my life. We had approached too fast, <clears throat> came in a little hot. So she touched down and then immediately pulls back up. We go back to 10,000 feet. Needless to say, I'm nervous. And, and after what seemed like three or four hours, probably just three or four minutes, she comes on the intercom and says, Well, we, we missed the, the, the landing, so we have to circle back to the approach. But because there's other planes that were behind us, we're now in a holding pattern. Spend the next 45 minutes just circling city of san antonio i'm texting everybody like it's you know i love you (laughs) i'm sorry (laughs) i'm praying in tongues i'm doing everything i know how to do and we eventually land and make it it's the holding pattern that's the hardest when you think you're there you think you've arrived you think god's moving you think there's the answer Abraham and Sarah waits 25 years to hold a baby named Isaac. Joseph waits 13 years in a prison before he rules Egypt. The woman with the issue of blood waits 12 years before she's healed. The man at the pool of Bethesda waits 38 years lame before Jesus walks by. Write this in your notes. God's delays are not necessarily God's denials. We landed the plane. I'm here to, I, I live to tell the story. <laughs> Look at me, and so will you. You'll live to tell. You've lived through your worst days already. And when God's involved, the best is always yet to come. There's always more when God's involved. Just because he's delaying doesn't mean he's denying. Just because it's been five years since you prayed for your children doesn't mean God hasn't heard your prayer. Matter of fact, there's an Old Testament story. By the time the angel shows up on the scene, where where have you been? He said, well, I tried to get here, but there was a principality. There was, matter of fact, he said there was the prince of Persia. He was fighting in the air. Because while you're waiting, God's working. God's working. You may feel like You'd be married by now and still single. You may feel like you're ready for a baby. Month after month, you wait. Feel like you're ready for a promotion. It's time, and now you're waiting. Waiting for God to heal your child. There has to be. There's no pain like kid pain. Can I speak to this for just a moment? Would you just give me 60 more seconds to preach to you? There's no pain like kid pain. If you're a parent here today and you've been praying for your child, Christmas accentuates kid pain. You've been praying for healing and deliverance. Matter of fact, the Holy Spirit's speaking to my heart. There's a parent in the room today. You've been praying against addiction for your child. You don't have to raise your hand, but I know you're in the room. Waiting. Waiting. How many more Christmases? How many more seasons? Write this in your notes. I didn't put it on the screen, but maybe it's not ready. Maybe it's not ready. Maybe it's not ready. Maybe it's not ready. Maybe, Maybe God's still working on it. As a kid, I grew up in church, and I would hear of heaven The Bible said, Jesus said, I've gone to prepare a place for you that where I am, you may be also. And I always wondered, is he really in a 2,000-year building program? You know, like is he just, maybe it's not ready. Maybe it's not ready. Maybe maybe that child isn't ready. Maybe that that spouse you've been praying for healing, maybe, maybe they're not ready. Maybe the job that you've been praying for, the company's going to fold. Maybe it's not ready. Maybe God's preparing it. Write this in your notes. While you're waiting on it, it's not ready. And maybe you're not ready. Maybe you're not ready. While you're waiting on it, maybe it's not ready. And maybe you're not ready. Maybe if God gave it to you now, you wouldn't know what to do with it. Every time the mega, mega millionaire Texas Powerball gets to close to a billion dollars, I send sinners on the team to go buy me lottery tickets. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I just want to see if you're awake. <laughs> I send Brandy. Anyway, they go, by say, I'm kidding. Kidding. I send a kid. I always tell God, you can trust me with a billion dollars, God. <laughs> God, I'm going to tithe. I'll double tithe. We're going to build churches and schools and Bible colleges and orphanages and feed people. And, <laughs> and then the mega millions comes and goes. And so far, it's not happening. I always think, can God trust me with that? It may not be mega millions, but maybe you're not ready for a promotion. Maybe you're not ready for marriage. Maybe you're not ready for healing. Sometimes it's not ready. Sometimes you're not ready. Doesn't mean God's not working because you're waiting. This means I'm not ready. So as you walk into 2024, ask the Lord, God, what do you, what do you have to do? What, what, I'm waiting on it before God does something for you. He wants to do something in you. By the way, that's why we start every January with 21 days of prayer and fasting. Because I want to be ready. Are you with me, everybody? It's why I'll be here at 6 o'clock in the morning, Monday through Friday, during 21 days of prayer. It's why we're fasting in our home not because we're legalists, not because somebody's going to check on you and tell you if you don't do, and if you don't, you, you know. I just I just know this. In 2024, I want to be ready for everything God has for me. I don't want God to be waiting on me while I'm waiting on Him. So I want to prepare my heart, my life, and I want to empty myself, and I want to, God, what is it in me? Do you need to develop a trust in me? Do you need to develop patience in me? I, I want to draw close to you. And here's here's the last thing I'll tell you, and then we'll pray. While God is waiting, while you're waiting, God is working. But don't waste. Write this in your notes, and then you can close your Bible. Don't waste the waiting. Don't waste the waiting. Don't waste the waiting. It's the week between now and Christmas. We've got a lot of shopping to do, and we still got gifts to buy, and dinners to prepare, and there's still stuff you can do. Don't waste the waiting. If you're single, don't waste the waiting. If you're single in the room today, don't wait on God to, to, to touch their heart. You become the person that the person you're looking for is looking for. Did you catch that? It, you you work on being the best version of you. And God, God will take it. What Don't waste the waiting. While you're praying for your spouse, don't waste the waiting. Become the most incredible husband you can possibly become. Fix you. Work on you. You're the only one you can change anyway. Don't waste the waiting. Don't waste the waiting when you're asking God to move in your family. Don't waste it. Come to church every Sunday you possibly can. Lift your hands in worship. Pray fast. Get close to God. Read your Bible. Do a devotion every day. Why? Because I'm not wasting this waiting. I'm waiting on the answer, but I'm not wasting my waiting. God's working, so I'm going to work. God's doing something, so I'm going to do something. God's working on my behalf. I will not sit back and be passive in my miracle. I will not waste my waiting. Isaiah 64 and 4, since ancient times. No one has heard, no eye, no ear has perceived or eye has seen. Any God besides you who acts, On behalf of those who wait. Every other major world religion is so different than Christianity. Because in Christianity, every other world religion, people are doing things for their God. You know, people pursue their God. I I, I burned this incense for you. I I have this good behavior. We had these rituals. We had all of these good works. We gave all of this money. We pursue God. But Christianity is so different because you you don't have to do all of that to get to God. God pursues us. And when the time was right, God sent His only begotten Son because God comes after you. What if the God you're waiting for is waiting for you? What if the God you're waiting for is waiting for you? Close your Bibles and bow your heads. What if the God you're waiting for is waiting for your whole heart this Christmas season? What if the God you're waiting for is waiting for you to say yes to Jesus? What if the God you're waiting for is waiting on you to finally go all in? What if the God you're waiting for is waiting on you to finally surrender your whole heart? What if the God you're waiting for is waiting on you to surrender your marriage to Him, your finances to Him, your health, your children, your job? What if the God you're waiting for is waiting for you? What if He's waiting for you this Christmas to finally say yes to God? What what if this is the year that you take that one-year challenge we talk about every year and you just go all in and just... Give a year of your life. Do everything. Join the team. Join a small group. Tithe. Pray. Fast. Show up. Invite people. What if the God you're waiting for is waiting for you? If you're in a waiting season today, nobody's looking around. Every head is bowed and every eye is closed. The lights are dimming. If this is you, if you're in a waiting season, would you just slip your hand up and say, Pastor, include me in this prayer. I'm in a waiting season, a holding pattern. I see you your hands up. Just as a sign to the Lord, Father, I pray for every hand that's raised that feels like it's never going to happen. Where is God? Why is God not moving? Where is my answer? Why haven't I got clarity yet? When are you going to finally come through? I pray for those waiting. I pray for those in the waiting season that... God, they would recognize it even if they don't see it, even if they don't feel it, even if they don't hear you while they're waiting. God is working on their behalf. And when the time is right, God will come through. When the time's right, God will answer. God will make a way. God will move in your life in the waiting. Don't give up in the waiting, don't quit in the waiting, don't get discouraged in the waiting. Don't go quiet in the waiting. Work your weight. Decide to do the best you can do during the wait. And put your hands down. If you've never given your heart to Jesus, I want to lead you in a prayer of surrender. The God that you're looking for is looking for you today. He's looking to reach into your life. He's looking to change everything about your life, not just physically, not just Financially, not just relationally, but He really wants to do it on a soul level, a deep level. If you come to this Christmas week knowing you're far from God, knowing you're not where you need to be, knowing your heart's distant from the Lord, I want to give you a chance to come home today. We close every service by giving you this chance, but I feel like Christmas is a special time to just come home. So if that's you, I'm not going to ask you to stand or raise your hands or do anything, but I am going to ask you to pray a sincere prayer from your heart that I can't pray for you, but I'm going to lead you in it. As a matter of fact, everybody in church with your eyes closed, I'm going to ask you to pray along with those making this decision for the first time. Come on, if it's you, decide. It's me. It's me. It's me. I'm coming home today. I'm giving God my whole life today. The God I'm waiting on, you don't have to wait on me any longer. Today's the day I'm coming home. Everybody say this. Say, Lord Jesus. Thank you for pursuing me. Thank you that you love me, that you have grace for me, that there's mercy available, that there's forgiveness available. Thank you for the cross. Thank God for Jesus, a baby that becomes a man that died for my sins. I believe God raised you from the dead. And Today I give you my whole life Every part of me, I hold nothing back. My past, my sin, my mistakes, my choices, my family, my hopes, my dreams, my future. They belong to you now. Save me today. Be the Lord of my life for the rest of my life. In Jesus' name, everybody shout amen. Thank you for joining us today, and a special thanks to those of you who give generously to this ministry. You know, it's because of you that we're able not only to bring this message to you, but we're able to offer hope and life to the San Antonio Hill Country and beyond. So if you'd like to give today, you can visit CityHillsTX.com right now. And if this message blessed you, why don't you click subscribe or share this message with your friends uh, on your socials. I pray it's a blessing to others in your world. Thanks again for listening today. God bless you.